Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1990's Total Recall, directed by Paul Verhoeven, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I had ne- I had never seen this one Mike Lee movie. I, I was trying, to, I was you know searching it, searching for it for a long yeah. time. Even Netflix didn't have it on on DVD. But now I've got Filmstruck, so uh-huh. I was able to see it. It was called Mean Time. Mm-hmm. Um, it had Tim Roth, Gary Oldman, and Alfred Molina in it. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. A Mike Lee film with yes. those people. Yes. Wow. Um, and it's it's like it's just another like Mike Lee set in the projects of London. Mm-hmm. Um, pr- pretty much what you'd expect from him, but it, you can really see that he's like you know gathering his talents and, and like forming his style. So it's pretty so it's cool. a very early one. Yes. Is this? A, I'm imagining. Prick up your ears, Molina and Goldman. Yes, with Tim Roth. Yes, absolutely. Wow, that's, right. that's, that's awesome. Right. It's, it's really cool. And like Tim Roth looks like a baby in this movie. I mean, I he's just bet. so he's walking around with like these really thick glasses, and it's it's a cool movie. And if you and if you're a Mike Lee fan, it's it's definitely it, the you have to see all of his movies. So yeah, yeah, cool. Check it out. That's awesome. I I did not watch Mike Lee. <laughs> this I watched this with the kids. It was Ninja Turtles three. The one when they go back in time to feudal Japan. Turtles in time? Yeah. Yeah. Without being called Turtles in oh, time. Oh, that's right. You know? That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's so bad. <laughs> it was fun. The stuff you like about the Ninja Turtles, the the jokes and like the constant banter yeah. the turtles have going on when they're fighting, it's fun. But this movie terribly made. Oh, man. It's bad. The turtles look bad. At the end of the movie, the bad guy falls off a cliff into the sea, and... When he hits the water, he's the wrong size. He disappears. <laughs> he, there's no splash. Okay. He is removed from the picture, and it just goes, Push! Oh, no. It's freaking awful. <laughs> um, man, uh, don't watch this movie. All right, all right. <laughs> the kids loved it. Yeah. Now, is it better than, Man, is it as good as part two? I prefer part two. Oh, yeah. Part okay. two is a lot more fun. Okay. You got vanilla ice in it. Yeah, you know, but that's right. <laughs> right, and the super shredder. It's really stupid. Yeah. But the third one's just stupid and bad. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I'll steer clear. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've been watching. <laughs> Good. All right, so now let's talk about what the fans have been watching. On uh, Facebook, Gabriel said he was watching Donnie Brasco. Black Mass and Mobsters. I was really proud to hear that from Gabriel. That those are st- the, you know yeah. the, the first two are quite excellent. Yeah, I've never seen Mobsters. It's like an um, early '90s one. Yeah, Mobsters that had Patrick Dempsey as Bugsy Siegel in it. Whoa. Yeah. Um. And Christian Slater's in it. Yeah, Christian Slater. Okay. I, I, I can't remember who he plays, but it's like it's like famous gangsters who are like I think Richard Grieco plays Lucky Luciano. Yeah, he's in the movie. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Richard Grieco is in that movie. Right. It's like Twenty One Jump Street but with gangsters. Okay, cool. Yeah. And no Johnny Depp? Uh, no, Johnny's not in this okay. one. He was too big at that point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thanks for that. Let it, Keep letting us know what you've been watching, folks, and we'll right. read it on there. Now, question of the week last week was, name a serious movie you saw during childhood that really affected you. It was something along that, that line. Yes. But, <laughs> right. Um, we got a lot of responses, so we'll go quick on these. Uh, Instagram, at Mosmia Metal, said, the day after... That's the um, oh geez wow the, the like nuclear fallout movie in yes. Kansas yes yeah um, I was af- I was affected by that one too. that'll get you right one life o two twenty six says the Exorcist yeah that's not something kids should be watching <laughs> yeah El Khalil said the Shawshank Redemption and the Curious Case of Benjamin Button 
They I said, uh, yeah. Wow. I imagine he's a younger listener. Yeah, he must be. <laughs> right. He watched Benjamin Button as a kid. Right. <laughs> um, and Tenacious Eats said John Carpenter's assault on Precinct 13. Little girl and ice cream man murdered too much. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess it would be. Yeah, John Carpenter. Right. Good stuff. Um, Facebook. Jay said Saving Private Ryan. The scene where the U.S. soldier slowly has a knife or bayonet pushed into his heart really messed with me. Mm-hmm. That got me as a kid, too. Yeah, no or doubt. Or however old I was when I saw it. Well, yeah. You don't have to be a kid. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you could be 80 years old, and, and when, when he's trying to fight off that knife, it is intense stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Tracy said the color purple. I had a serious aversion to Danny Glover for a little while. And Tracy's right. Uh, Danny <laughs> yes. Glover was the most evil man of the 1980s for a while, and, and like in that movie specifically, I mean, like you hate his guts. You think he should just be ripped from the world. Yep. I, unless it's Lethal Weapon, he was someone you yes. didn't want to be around. Lethal Weapon like, like, <laughs> like totally put a varnish on his image. Right. You know? It ruined his reputation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what would have happened to him if not for Lethal Weapon? Right. Come on. Imagine his career. Uh, Nolan and said Stephen King's It. Now I watch it and laugh, but I can't wait for the new one. Yeah, yeah, no so, doubt. Yeah, that's going to be... Ken says The Omen freaked me out. <laughs> Max says Jaws scared me for life. Uh-huh. And Paul said Fight Club. So, uh, Paul said Fight Club? Yeah, Fight Club. All right. Um, well, yeah. It's not a kid's movie, yeah, but... Well, <laughs> yeah, dude. well but if you see... Imagine seeing like a movie like Fight Club at age seven. I mean, like, like uh, yeah. it's... it's y- y- your brain can't process You don't even that. know what you're looking at. No, no. <laughs> So thanks for all those responses, guys. They're pretty awesome. Yes. So now let's talk about Total Recall, Dave. Okay. Let's get our asses to Mars. I was I was thinking the same thing. Yes. So why don't you give everyone a synopsis? <laughs> right. Um. So what we're doing here is is uh, okay. It's, it's it's based on a Philip K. Dick uh, story called "We Can Remember It for You Wholesale," and what it essentially is is the U.S. has colonized Mars. And um, people are moving there, and they're living in this kind of uh, like like sort of shelter that that, that offers uh, you know it's a breathable space. Yeah, that's all indoors. But meanwhile, there's this like rebel alliance that's up there that holds the key to making all of Mars habitable. But there's a corporation that is like preventing this from happening because they're profiting off of you know making the breathable space. Yeah, and there's this guy named Quaid who. Even if you see this movie 50 times, it's still a little murky what his role is and what his dual personality is. And mm-hmm. that's what we'll try to break down today for you. Yeah. So um, first things first, this is one of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. I love this movie. Yeah. I watched it a couple nights ago and I wasn't in a good mood. I, I'd been yelling at the kids all day, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. Sure. You know, oh God, I got to watch this movie to review. I don't feel like watching a movie right now. <laughs> Within five seconds. I was the happiest dude on Earth. Absolutely. On Mars, even. I mean, I was... <laughs> it just sucked me right back. I was like, I love this movie. Yep. The credits are rolling. Dun, dun. Oh, like, man. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, I love this film. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's an awesome time. It's... I didn't even... I was writing down notes about scenes before the scenes show up because yeah, that's how course. much I love this movie. Of course, man. And and, and this one I didn't even really take notes. In fact, I've I've got a 7-Eleven receipt on in front of me <laughs> with nothing <laughs> on it, shit, you know. You do. <laughs> because I didn't I, mean, I thought, well, you know what? I don't need notes for this because I I've seen it a million <laughs> times. I can just watch this, I can remember it and as complicated as the story is, mm-hmm. you don't even really need to fully comprehend what all of the, the you know, kind of, it's like almost like pre-inception. Yeah. You know, like yeah. levels of complication mm-hmm. um, to, to where you're never truly going to get it. I don't even think the writers know. 
I don't think they do either. No. And that's one of the things I love about the movie Mm -hmm. is that it's kind of like you don't know the truth. No. Because the film is basically this guy Quaid wants to go to Mars for vacation. He goes to recall where they implant memories of vacations for you. Uh Uh-huh. And it goes wrong. So, and he's going to, his, his memory is going to be him as a secret agent on Mars. Yeah. And the, the memory implant goes wrong. And so you don't know if what plays out after this is the memory in his head playing out. Right. Or if it's actually reality that has been like, has come out of his suppressed mind. Uh You have no clue if it's real or not actually, which is awesome. I know. And you don't get an answer at the end. Yeah, the ending is completely ambiguous. And I love it because when he goes to recall, the guy gets like, you know, like a microchip or whatever. He's like, ooh, blue sky on Mars. This is a new one. And the end of the movie is the blue sky on Mars. Yeah. And that's a thing you like probably won't even pick up the first time you watch this movie. Oh, I, I didn't pick it up the first time. There's all kinds yeah. of little like, oh, on the fifth viewing, oh my God, this thing like plays out here right. later. And right. you don't even realize it. Right. <laughs> it's a great script. Oh, it it's is. It's a great script. Yeah. yeah. And. And I mean, like, like it, it went through a lot of different, um, like, just again, before we get into the plot, it, I, I was reading about it, it went through a lot of different, uh, I think this was the 42nd draft of the script. Yeah, a lot. Um, I know Dino De Laurentiis <laughs> had, like, control of it for a long time. Yes. And uh, David Cronenberg did passes at the script. I mean, yep. it's originally Ronald Chusette yeah. and Dan O'Bannon helped on it. Th- those are the guys that did, like, Alien. Yes. Uh, so they did this. And, uh, yeah, it's like 42 script, like, rewrites to, f- to get where they are. And David Cronenberg was involved in 12 of them, if I, I believe. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like Paul Verhoeven is is an excellent filmmaker, and, mm-hmm. and this is an excellent movie. But, like, it just, you know, your, your mind kind of wanders to what would it have looked like if David Cronenberg had directed this? It still would have been good. Yes. And it, it might have had the same feel, kind of. Right. I don't know if it would have been as action-heavy. Probably not. It would yeah. have been much more, a little bit more cerebral. And it would have been, like, even more, I guess... Of a of a of a trip than it is, you know. Yeah, it would have been know. more of a mind trip. Yes, and I know originally like Richard Dreyfus was involved to be the lead. Yeah, Patrick Swayze was going to be the lead for a while, <laughs> and I think Arnold bought the script when the the Dino De Laurentiis yes. company went out of business. Right, and then he was like, "All right, we're doing this movie now after ten years of development hell." Uh huh. And I want Paul Verhoeven to do it because RoboCop was awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what happened. Exactly. <laughs> and and like I know that like actors have handpicked directors before, mm-hmm. but like in this case, I mean th- this has all the hallmarks of Paul Verhoeven. With you can tell that Arnold had had some influence here and there, and, and maybe Verhoeven because he's a great filmmaker and he's an assertive guy probably said, okay, we're cutting twelve of these one-liners. We're gonna yeah. keep five. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right, yeah, he you gives know. Arnold a pick of exactly. okay, which one you want. Yes. All right. <laughs> no, but yeah, Arnold had a lot of control over the project. Right. I don't know what he did mm-hmm. as far as controlling it, but um, I know he had a huge interest in the film. Yes. And he made a ton of money. Yes. Because because he he negotiated like like a smaller salary, but then like a take of the gross. I think he made twelve percent of the gross. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. It, that's that's huge. <laughs> and and like. Um, it's kind of a, a of a, a backdoor executive producer is what he is in this film. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling he's like that on almost all his films. At this point, he's yes. such a huge, yes. you know, influence on everything he does. Of course. And that's his personality. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be the guy in oh, charge. Oh, yeah, he's got to be the dude. <laughs> right. So anyway, the movie is basically that, and you see him trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And it's pretty sweet. I know. The movie, it, it like... 
the movie starts like right away. You're like into it. Yep. After five minutes, he's at recall, getting his memory implanted, <laughs> and shit starts going wrong. That's right. It's like five minutes in the movie. Yes. And you're ready to go. And and like he's married to Sharon Stone. And, uh-huh. and the, the, there, there's little trappings of futurism here and there. I mean, like 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 when they're having breakfast in the in oh yeah, their, uh, they got the telewall. The, yeah, or there's whatever. this really cool <laughs> like like flat screen television that's just in the wall, uh-huh. um, and it shows like nature scenes. And then he goes to work where he's like uh, he's you know working with a jackhammer. Uh, doing, you know, like just construction work. Yeah. And uh, Robert Constanzo works with him and mm-hmm. he, he says, Arnold says he's going to go to recall and, and the other dude tells him not to go. Yeah. Um, My friend went, got himself lobotomized. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Arnold says, no shit. And, yeah. and goes anyway. <laughs> right. Um, And at this place, I, I, I just want to say this. I've thought this for my whole life. Mm-hmm. I think that the idea of recall is pretty awesome. Yeah. You like um, it? Yeah, just the idea that you could like that you could have this because I I probably wouldn't use it for a vacation to Montana. Yeah. I I, I do the ego trip, which is what yeah. you know, like what where you want to be a secret agent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, okay. the idea that you could like remember that you had this this amazing adventure. Uh-huh. Um wow, that would be pretty cool. That's cool, but I don't know how I feel like that's not real though. That's not well, you. It's not. So it's like that and I mean that's the existential question yeah. the whole movie brings up. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. like <laughs> would you want someone putting things in your mind? Cuz that's what happened to Quaid. Yes. So Quaid is supposedly actually a man named Hauser. Yeah. Who worked with Cohagen who owns the company controlling the air on Mars. Yes. Apparently Hauser went rogue and was going to help the rebels or something. So they yes. reprogrammed Hauser's mind and put him on Earth as Quaid. Uh huh. And now, like, Quaid is rediscovering his past self. Yes. People took him and changed who he was. Yeah. He gets to marry Sharon Stone, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look at that potential. You don't want that happening to you. Okay. No, listen. Here's the thing. Like, like if it's me or you and we just have a normal life, mm-hmm. we've never been a seek. We've never been, like, uh, the number two man in a company that's trying to colonize Mars, and okay. we joined a rebel alliance. We're just who we are right now. Okay, but we want to put in our mind that we had like this fantasy secret agent, you know, uh, uh, like a, your Harry Tasker. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, and and and, and like. I, I think that that is less harmful than what happens to Quaid. I mean, like, they're, yeah. they're, they're not wiping my mind before they go in and put this other thing in. This is just a thing where it's like, instead of going on vacation to D.C., yeah. I, 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 you know, went to Mars and fought aliens. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. And in this future in the movie, it's a normal, accepted part of the society. There's TV yeah. commercials for Recall, that's you know? Right. It's on public TV. <laughs> Which is my favorite I mean, thing. Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> when Harry goes, Recall, Recall. Yes. I love that part. <laughs> and I love yeah. the... And, and when he sees the commercial on the subway, you know, uh-huh. with, with... It's like... It's a good Verhoeven touch that's uh-huh. kind of very reminiscent it's, of Ro- Robocop. Yeah, it's all the si- satire. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. For the memory of a lifetime. Recall, you know, recall, recall, recall. recall, recall. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds just like 1990 sounds, but it's 2084. Yeah. And that's one thing I love about the movie, too. Everyone's dressed like it's 1989. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Everything looks like I know. it's 1989. <laughs> but it's 100 years in the future. I know. <laughs> and, and and that's... And, and I, I, I was reading more about it, like kind of more behind-the-scenes stuff. It was... The whole thing was 
pretty much the whole movie was shot in Mexico City. Yeah, it was. That's um, why the buildings looked that way. That, yes. that those were actual buildings. It, it, that's just what These Mexico giant City looked gray like. Gray concrete structures. Yes. It was. It was. 2084 in Mexico City at mm-hmm. the time, except the reason everybody's dressed like that is because it was actually 1989. Because it was the 80s. Right. The 1980s. <laughs> right. The 1980s. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah. Um, so after we get to recall and, uh, and you know, Quaid has the implant, like, like all we, it, it just cuts and you see Quaid like freaking out in this chair, yeah, in this yeah. like chamber. And the whole staff of the place is like, you know, uh, like, freaking out. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're running around scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. And all that we're told is that something went wrong during the implant. Yeah. We find out later, of course, that the reason something went wrong is because, you know, like this should not be happening to him. The reason mm-hmm. Sharon Stone was telling him and, and Leah, Robert Costanza were telling him yeah. not to go to recall is because they were, uh, you know, they, they, had, on it. they had prior knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yes. They knew he was Hauser and replaced as Quaid. Exactly. And they're trying to prevent him from figuring it out yes. I guess so which also like I mean Robert Costanzo and Sharon Stone that that's their job is to like pretend to be his friend and wife are they is that like a lifetime assignment I guess it's like a Truman show type role wow you know so they got to just play cards with this guy the rest of your life I guess so and you're I mean he was the best assignment uh Sharon Stone ever had well, though she, apparently she... So. <laughs> That's excellent. Dude, um, <laughs> there's the one henchman. Like, So the Michael Ironside is, side is like the number one henchman. Yes. And he has like a backup henchman who has like those glasses on. Yeah. And, oh, hold on. <laughs> I wrote this down. Okay. Yeah, he's like, um, says, I'd hate, to, I'd hate having a guy like Quaid porking my wife. Because I guess Sharon Stone is married to Ironside. Yes. And Ironside's like... Are you saying she liked it? And the guy with the glasses is like, no, I'm sure she hated every minute of it. <laughs> like, smile at him like, I you know. fucking idiot. I know. And why? Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's having sex with your wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and she hates it. And, and the idea, too, of like, okay, so so like we just talked about. So Sharon Stone's whole life now is is posing as Arnold, as, as Quaid's wife. Now, so she has to presumably have sex with him for the rest of her life. Yeah. So where does Michael Ironside fit in this? Right. Like, you know, are they, are, is this a temporary fix, like yeah. for a year? Yeah. And then, you know, Sharon Stone and Ironside are back together again. Right. I mean, are they going to kill Quaid after a yeah, year? Yeah, I Just, don't know. Because because why? Well, I what? guess. Why would you make her do it? I don't like, know. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, make sense. It doesn't. Is she like gonna sneak off and like meet with Michael right. Ironside? That, that's like, what. That's why I couldn't get up, figure out even the first time I saw it. I was like, where are they having their trysts? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, like surely if uh, if Arnold Schwarzenegger ever finds out that Michael Ironside was with his wife, um, you know, there'd be there'd be <laughs> right. It'd be hell to pay. Ironside be dead. Right. He get his arms ripped <laughs> off. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> and um, by the way. I, I discovered this earlier this week. Okay. Michael Ironside is actually a stage name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His, what, what's his real name? His real name is, get ready, Fred Ironside. <laughs> Such a stupid name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, it's not a, if your name is Fred Ironside, I'm sorry. It's not a stupid name. No. It's stupid when you go from Michael Ironside to Fred Ironside. I mean, I mean I don't, honestly... I just, I mean, it's not even that different. <laughs> it's just two normal names. Well, actually, okay. So, like the it's, the 
It's not like he was Javier Ironside. No, and then, no. But he was really Fred. Right. You know? <laughs> well, but that's the thing is, is it like, like when you hear the name Michael Ironside, it sounds like a made up like beefcake action movie name. Yeah. Yeah. And to find out that his real name is Ironside, but his first name was different. <laughs> I mean, right, I, yeah. I thought when, when, when I when I found out that his name wasn't really Michael Ironside, oh, uh-huh. was, okay, maybe it's like maybe his name was like you know uh, Emilio Estevez. Yes, <laughs> yes, and he was just like changing it because of SAG and maybe trying yeah, to hide some right, other yeah. things. No, his real name is Ironside. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fred Ironside, baby. Fred Ironside. Uh, Fred yeah. Ironside. <laughs> See you at the party, Fred Ironside. <laughs> right. And I, uh, you know, there's so much I want to talk about here. Yeah, go ahead. But. Can I just say some of my favorite stuff in the movie? Yeah, of course. Arnold's the best. He has the best one-liners in this movie. Go. He, yes. <laughs> there's so many good ones. Uh-huh. Like you said, off the air, Paul Verhoeven was probably like, all right, you did 12 takes with different one-liners. You uh-huh. get to keep one. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. <real laughs> Choose wisely, Arnold. But God, there's like just stupid shit like, get your ass to Mars. Like that's not even a one-liner. No, but it's so awesome. I know, and and, and people people like like quote it as a one-liner, but it's not truly a one-liner. Yeah, and then there's a uh, Benny screw you, which is the stupidest thing. Hi. <laughs> Why is Benny driving that excavator anyway? <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> um, and then when he kills Sharon Stone, he says, "Consider that a divorce." You know what? That's a Steven Seagal level. Yes. Right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I I hate the line. Consider that a divorce. <laughs> I I hate really mm-hmm. that Arnold has to put these one-liners into his movies. Yeah, um, it, it always takes you out of a really compelling story. Even the best movies he's made, like this one, True Lies, mm-hmm. um, where, where, where they're legitimately fine films. Yeah, the whole thing is almost undone because he has to <laughs> look into the camera and say something funny or what he thinks is funny. Dude, I don't care. I, know, I love it. I know. I, I love I'm, it. I'm alone in this. Most I, people love it. Most people do and and I I I am the only one who's been like ra- ranting and raving for the last, you know, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And I've got three more I want to say. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Plus there's like 18 more I don't have written down. <laughs> yes. Um when he first meets Melina in Venusville, uh-huh. she says, "What have you been feeding this thing?" and grabs his crotch and he goes, "Blondes." <laughs> <laughs> You know what? No, I I, I like that one. That's a good line. It's not a one line. No, it's not. Right. And then when he, at the end, has the hologram Arnold fighting the bad guys, Uh uh, he's like, ha, 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 you think this is the real Quaid? It is, and kills everybody. No, okay. You know, that one's one's acceptable, too. Yes. And then see you at the party, Richter, is my favorite. That one... I admit I like it. Okay, okay? all right. I, all right. I admit that it's funny. I, I have said it in life many times. I've said, "See you at the party, Richter." When I when I've you know been triumphant somewhere, but <laughs> I, but it still it still shouldn't really be there. Right. Well, what happens is they're gonna turn Quaid back into Hauser, and Richter's been trying to kill Quaid the whole time, and like Richter's been like a pawn kind of. Yeah. Like he's been kind of not in on what's happening. Right. Right. Um. And so Quaid and Richter are like nemesis, yeah. like r- right now. Yeah. So he says, "Is he going to remember any of this after he goes back to Hauser?" And they're like, "No." So he punches him, and then Cohagen is like, "All right, we're having a party tonight. You should come, Hauser. You should come." And then Richter's like, "Yeah, see you at the party." <laughs> and then later he fights Richter on an elevator, and Richter is hanging there, um, off the edge, and the elevator goes through a shaft, and both arms. Of Michael Ironside are cut off, and Arnold is holding the arms. 
ridiculous. <laughs> and Richter's falling to his doom with no arm. <laughs> and Arnold throws the arms off the elevator and yells, See you at the party, Richter. Ah, it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It's 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 the <laughs> Okay. I'll admit one thing. The, the, it, of all the one-liners in his career, uh-huh. that's the one that, that, that seems the most non-out of place. Okay, like like what I, I think it's maybe it's it's in his delivery, it's in the staging of the scene where, where, mm-hmm. you, where you're like looking up at him and he throws the arms over the side, yeah, and he just it, it's it's kind of perfect, and it's in the script, like it's, it's a part of it's his a revenge, yeah. with like it's part of his fight with Richter, you know, right. it makes sense, right? He doesn't just say like. Hang around or something. Stick stupid. around. Yeah, stick around. That's he doesn't a good say one. you're fired. You know, <laughs> oh, before killing fuck. one man right. with a nuclear bomb. That's the worst one. Okay, yes. True yes. Lies is a fantastic film. I know. However, I will give you that one, Dave. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that one sucks. <laughs> you're fired. And then shoots a nuke with a guy hanging on it from a backpack. That is stupid. It's really, really <laughs> dumb. I mean, I, I, oh man, yeah. See at the party, Richter. Like, it, it is better than all of those, and it's and it's the the most well placed. I'll mm-hmm. give it that. Did you know this is our second movie we've done with Arnold and Marshall Bell in it? Um, yes, I did. Because in Twins, you know, mm-hmm. Marshall Bell is trying to kill Arnold. Yeah. In this one, he's on his side. Right. In this one, <laughs> he's on his side, and he has a conjoined twin. Oh. Let's talk about Cuato. Okay. All right. He's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Rob Bottin also, he did the special effects for yeah. this movie. He's the guy who did The Thing. Yep. And we praised him so much in that film. Right. He does another fantastic job here. Right. I mean, the Quato thing is disgusting and I it know. looks real, basically. It's like a like a deformed Chucky doll coming out of like mm-hmm. Marshall Bell's torso. Right. Oh. Yeah. Gross. And it's 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 like body horror that isn't horrific. Creeps you out though, for right. sure. Oh yeah, it creeps us out. But like Marshall Cronenberg would have doubled this. Oh man, like yeah. Marshall Bell would have just been standing there, like struggling to live, and mm-hmm. like you know having black stuff coming out of his eyes. And, yeah, and it would have been like the brood. Yeah, you know. Um, it, in this case, they're focusing just on the Quato thing, and when Quato dies, mm-hmm. it's a strangely emotional moment. Yeah, like where you're really feeling sorry because like Quato is not just a a growth on Marshall Bell; he's actually like the leader of this Rebel Alliance. Yeah. And he holds the key to, uh, like, making Mars habitable mm-hmm. that, that Cohagen is trying to uh, squelch because he wants to keep making money off of this, you know, uh, air zone. Yeah, and when you see the the bullet go into its head and, like, parts of skull flying out, like, uh, it's disgusting. It is. And, like you said, it's emotionally impactful. Exactly. Because, you know, this, yeah, it's hideous to look at. But that's a good dude. Yeah, right that's there. a great, a great person. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Quato, man. <laughs> but that, yeah, it took seventeen operators to to do that. Wow, that's a lot. Oh yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's some serious puppetry. That's some pumpkin head stuff. Uh huh. And then he did like the eyeballs coming on the heads yes. and all that stuff. And there's another moment of puppetry in the film. Um, it's when uh, Quaid first goes to Mars. Um, where he's he arrives in kind of like Mars customs, mm-hmm. and he's in a disguise as like a a big lady. Yeah, and like he's like the 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 robotic mask that he's got on to to hide his identity malfunctions, uh-huh. and he starts answering every question with two weeks. So is that what happened? It malfunctioned. I think, or is so. it just because I wrote that down? I was like, it's always bothered me. Why can't he just speak? <laughs> <laughs> 
Why can't he just say like, oh yeah, 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 blah 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 blah. Well, I, 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 I it wonder, must malfunction. Like, yeah, it must malfunction because like, like the only, the only. Because <laughs> then it starts going. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, three weeks, three yeah. weeks, and then he starts, his head starts shaking really, you know, and okay. uh, he's and and the the. Michael Ironside is walking through at the time and sees what's going on with this old, with this like kind of lady wigging out. Mm-hmm. And he thinking no- out. Thinging out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rob Botine. Um, and he knows it's Quaid. Yeah. How does he know it's Quaid? He goes, That's Quaid. That lady's having a seizure. Yes. That's Quaid. That's definitely Quaid. That's definitely <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger built like a brick shit house under that old lady makeup. <laughs> I know it's him. Fire. <laughs> I mean, it's bullshit. Yeah, it is. There's a few bullshit things in here. Of course. Um, one of them is why don't they have bulletproof glass on Mars? I have no clue. Because every window is as fragile as a sheet of melted sugar. I know. I know. It <laughs> is. Like, right. Bullshit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Um, and then. At the end, the atmosphere becomes breathable within like three seconds. Uh-huh. That's kind of bullshit. Oh, of course too. it is. But, yeah, but whatever. But yeah, that, that I guess it's the movies. So we, we got to just like you know take for granted. And like it's an avalanche of oxygen, which I guess would happen because the atmosphere is held by gravity. Yeah. So I mean, I guess, I guess it could happen. I don't know. I've never you know installed an atmosphere on a planet. No, so I haven't either. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> right. I'm not Whalen Utani Corporation. <laughs> No, I thank haven't. God. Yeah, I'm not dead, Paul dude. Reiser, right. right. Ooh, a lot of people have said, thank God I'm <laughs> yeah, not Paul Reiser. That's no shit, dude. <laughs> but I, I know what you mean about like installing and, and, and depriving an atmosphere. Uh-huh, um, yeah. Mean, like, like, we don't know what that looks like. In my mind, it's just it's what happens in space balls. You know, where, where right, like, yeah. like trees are going when up they just and roll down. the footage backwards. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And there it is. <laughs> Air. Right. <laughs> space balls is great. Yes, yeah, space balls is great. <laughs> Um, but like, like after, but we were kind of like you said, we're all we're all over the place. We're skipping around. Like when yeah. we kind of left off between the Ironside uh, and Sharon Stone thing, like like they're both double agents, or Sharon Stone is a double agent. And, yeah, yeah. And there's a really excellent scene after after Quaid does get to Mars. He he and but between the time of of him discovering that Sharon Stone is is uh, like working for Cohagen, um, that there's a, a a long kind of battle where. Where um, Michael Ironside and his goons are are trying to track him because he's got this thing in his head. Yeah, yeah. It's like a tracking device. Mm-hmm. He removes that in a really gross scene uh, yeah. with this like extractor, um, and from there he goes to Mars. Mm-hmm. And when all the shit starts really going down, he meets um, Melina Rachel Tacodin, mm-hmm. um, who who was his uh, like fantasy woman in in the Recall thing. Yeah, uh, turns out she's real, uh-huh. and she's always been real, and and she was his girlfriend back, you know, when mm-hmm. he was uh, Hauser. And that's why he's dreaming about her at the yes. beginning of the film. That's right, at the opening. Yes, and Sharon Stone is is pissed off because it's a brunette mm-hmm. and she's blonde. Yep. Then there's this excellent scene where this guy, this psychiatrist, walks in, and confronts Quaid. Yeah. And has Sharon Stone with him. And they're trying to convince him all the stuff that's been going on the last three days, all your journey here, your Mm -hmm. encounters with Michael Ironside, it's all a dream. You're actually at the recall center right now. Uh Uh-huh. And we've implanted ourselves into your mind to come to you and get you to wake up. It's great. It's really good. It's really suspenseful. And, like, Quaid is starting to buy it, you know? Yeah. I think it really twists the plot yes. on its head and really drives home the fact like, all right, so what really is going on here? Right. Um, you get glimpses of that 
throughout the whole movie, like I already said, but this scene really addresses it. Yes. Like, all right, Quaid, you're in a fucking chair having an embolism right now. This isn't real. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or is it? That's the question. Take the red pill is what Uh, basically what he says. And there is a pill involved. Mm -hmm. I I believe it's red. It's a red pill. Yes. He's like, take this. It'll help you come back to reality. Right. And then he sees the doc, Dr. Edgemare, I think is yes, his name. Yes, Dr. Edgemare. Sees him sweat, like a bead of sweat comes down his head. Yep. I don't know why this triggers Arnold to shoot him, because maybe he's suspecting, like, he's nervous yes. about the situation. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, he, he, he knows that, like, this doctor wouldn't be, like... Worried uh, about yes, dying. Yes, he wouldn't have flop sweat if this, yeah. was, if this was just a hologram. Okay. Um, and uh, now, now I, I know what you mean, though. In that moment, just you wouldn't make that deduction. Yeah, I mean, like, unless okay. you're a secret agent. Yeah, I, guess, I don't know. Unless you're Race Bannon, yes, <laughs> like, like you're actually your whole life you've been a secret agent. Um, maybe not, but mm-hmm. yeah, he does shoot him in the head, and then you get this excellent another like Mr. and Mrs. Smith ultra fight between mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know Sharon Stone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh-huh. which goes on for a while and it's great. It's good and. Sharon Stone is kicking, man. Yeah, she, she, she's she, got these she, kicks. Oh man, yeah, I know. She, she, she's done some stuff. Uh huh. It's good. And then, and she fights Melina. Melina comes in and fights Lori, and it's kind of like the the battle of the babes, I guess. Yes. You know, Arnold's mine. I know. <laughs> and, and 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 where is he in this? When when like Melina is fighting Sharon Stone, I, I I'm not even sure. I can't remember where he is. He just sitting behind. I think he's fighting a couple other goons. Oh, okay, because he's okay. like the guys come off the ele- Melina comes off the elevator and they're like. Michael Ironside and his goons are taking Arnold away. Yeah, and that's Melina right. comes up and the elevator doors open and she that's machine right. guns them all. Uh-huh. And, then, yes. and then Sharon Stone starts fighting her and Arnold is like bashing people's heads together and stuff. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then this is uh, considered a, a divorce line. The crescendo yeah. of the scene is like Sharon Stone like tries to pretend that... No, sweetheart. Yeah. This is still part of your dream. You think I'm not he's really buy this? I mean, you, you, you just started killing everyone. I mean, you, you you've been hitting him with wheel kicks for the last ten minutes. <laughs> you're Sonya Bladen is right, ass. right. He's not gonna believe you're really his wife. And she's got a gun behind her back. And After she's, all, you know, we're married. And then he kills her. Consider yes, it a divorce. Consider yeah. that a divorce. Yeah. He didn't have to say that. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Fine. Otherwise, they're still married. <laughs> Right. It's still a legally binding contract. It doesn't count. Right. <laughs> oh, man. And then this is where the glasses guy chases him, and he can't shoot him because of the dome. Yeah. Or Michael Ironside's going to shoot him, and the glasses guy's like, no, the dome will crack. Right. Like, right. Or whatever he yells. Yes. <laughs> Kohei uh, gets a cheap ass. Get some Martian-grade glass, dude. He, he because he's um like like a, a ruthless businessman. That's what ruthless businessmen do, especially in construction. Yeah. They they cheap out on the materials, uh, and keep the and you know keep the profits for themselves, and uh, and then just mark everything up. Yeah. But you don't do that on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're living there. Right. Yeah, I mean, he lives on Mars. I mean, he's got an office in Mars. Like like he's always there. That 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 they, there's their bulletproof lucite in his office? Probably not. I doubt it. Holy shit, dude! That fish tank's not made of bulletproof glass. I no, know it's that. not. He knocks his fish tank over out of frustration. Actually, this is an awesome artistic thing they do. Mm-hmm. The fish are on the ground uh, suffocating, and then it fades to the Martian people suffocating. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. nice and oh, artistic. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah, Ronnie Cox, uh, by the way, is Cohagen. Yes, Ronnie yeah. Cox. 
um, and Dean Norris is Tony. Um, <laughs> when they run back to the to the 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 last resort, it's called. It's uh-huh. the like the you know it's the brothel in Venusville. Yeah, and Tony helps them escape. And Arnold, when he says "Thank you, Tony," uh huh, I love that. That's a dude moment. Of from course, the past. of course. Um, and he gets blown. Actually, he doesn't die. He gets shot in the arm, and he right. lives. Right. I thought he died for a second. No, he's nope. he's just and and he he's one of the people who was deformed. From, yeah, from he lack has that face. Like yes. you can't tell it's Dean Norris from the the mask, no. you know. No, and he's a, he's a Paul Verhoeven favorite. Yeah, he was, he was in, in Starship Troopers. Definitely, right? He's probably in other movies. Probably don't so. even know. Right. What do you think of Benny? Benny. Yeah, Benny. I could do without Benny. Okay. Um, I I think that he is a superfluous character. Yeah. Um, I I don't know why. If if you're Quaid, don't befriend anyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just no reason to. Like, mm-hmm. like everyone is out to, everyone's working for Kohei. Well, he doesn't know who to trust in the movie at all. But he can't even trust himself, apparently, with the videos. But you why know, are you to... trusting this cabbie? And, and I, I don't know. I, and I don't yeah. really, I don't really like Mel Johnson Jr.'s performance okay. as Benny is, yeah. is, my, is my issue. He's just like an Eddie Murphy guy yes, from the 80s. He, he's cracking I mean, a bunch that's of all jokes. It is. He, he's saying all the time that he's got five I kids. I got five kids to yes, feed. It's so, it's ridiculous. And 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 like he, he's sticking around like with Quaid because like Quaid is going to pay him. It's like, that's not, it's not any kind of motivation. And it turns out he's a double agent anyway. <laughs> and he tries to kill Quaid later on with the excavating machine. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, uh, he's superfluous. Yeah, completely. Right. I, I enjoy Benny, but yeah, he's superfluous yes, as yes. can be. Right. He, he's he's <laughs> a kind of a needless character, and and really the glasses guy is needless. Um, like, yeah, they, you don't need him. No, I mean you already have Michael Ironside there, and and like a bunch of other goons. I I, I guess I guess even like if Michael Ironside and and Cohagen were were um, the same person. That, that that might also work. Yeah, you know, really. I mean, you could consolidate a few yeah. villains and stuff, but. Yeah. Having the glasses guy really isn't a problem, though. Oh, it's I not. I mean, it's, it's fine. Not. But and, yeah, like, right. You can you can get rid of them and be fine. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And and I I don't want. I mean, like like Benny is. Uh, um, I I don't I don't want it to be like where where he he doesn't he doesn't need to be there. But like, um, a ton of people in the story don't need to be there. I mean, really, Dean Norris doesn't have to be there. Most yeah. of the people we meet yeah, at the last true. resort don't. You know, like are are pretty. I mean, like if it's just a bunch of faceless people who are who are dying, yeah. then you know we're still sympathizing with them. We don't have to know these people. Yeah, you really don't. It adds flavor to see them. Yeah. So and that's why they're there. Right. But, um. Yeah. Doesn't detract from the film in any way. So. Right. Yeah. But it's but it, it and also a little bit. Um. It, it kind of makes you feel. One of the people who's dying is the the infamous three breasted woman. Yes. Um. <laughs> who is who is in the last resort? Uh, who we meet early on. Um, Benny is, is having a good time, uh, I guess, like feeling her up in one scene. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. like, I, I, I just can't sympathize with Benny's plight, uh, of having five, only having two hands. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, and he's just talking about like how it's, oh, it's so tough up here, but I've only got, uh, I, I don't like that scene. Um, I, I, I think that that was like that uh, Arnold, Arnold added the one liners, Paul Verhoeven added the three breasts. Oh yeah, that was definitely Paul's touch. You know, that was not a Cronenberg thing. That was definitely not a Ronald Schusett or, or or you know Dan O'Bannon thing. That's Paul Verhoeven. Uh huh. That's the worst of Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> Until a couple of years later. Yeah. <laughs> right. Multiple times. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about the movie, Dave? My favorite thing about the movie is um, I I've always been an admirer of really complicated labyrinthine movie plots. Yeah. 
whether they're successful or not. Mm-hmm. But the successful ones like this are just a pleasure to watch for the most part. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. You know, like I can pick apart the 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 needless characters or the or the you know turgid dialogue or whatever. But this one. Like, especially that scene. And I think my favorite part of the movie is that scene where Quaid and Sharon Stone and uh, the Doctor are having that meeting. Yeah. Um, it goes on for a while, and you want more of it still. Right. And you get more of it. Yeah. Um, there's multiple scenes where things are revealed or questioned, and it's all, they're all, you know, there necessarily. Yes. You know, even when it's revealed at the end that Hauser actually is in on the whole thing, and he right. wants his body back. Right. It's like, you don't see that coming, really. No, you don't. Like, a lot of these twists, you can't tell they're coming, which is great. And that's hard to do mm-hmm. in a movie. Makes a non-obvious you know, plot point coming up like that. True. That's what I love about the movie. It's so complicated yet accessible. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, now that there is one thing about that that you just brought up that, that I still can't really wrap my mind around is... So if if Hauser was the one who was like going with the rebels and they put him on Earth right. to and made, gave him a new identity, mm-hmm. how does he have a second body? He doesn't have a second body. It was another video. Well, so well, the video the, that we see of like of like Hauser shaking hands with Cohagen is like from They 10 probably years ago? recorded it before he made himself disappear. But why if he's the turncoat, why would he make a, this plan that's, though? That doesn't make sense. Out, so. Right. Right. Maybe that part's not real, and Cohagen is manufacturing oh, that memory. You're right. You're right. You're We're right. digging way too deep into that. You're now. right. Like that's right. That's like meta stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's fan theory. Because <laughs> there's nothing in the movie that points to that. No. Um. Or, yeah. or, or or maybe just like maybe it's as simple as Cohagen has some really talented video artists who's able to make a composite of a fake Hauser hey, shaking. Hey, hands. you can implant memories into people's minds. Then but why can, not? Yeah, you then, can incept people of here. Of course. So of course, that's awesome. Right. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about specifically, Dave? Um, yeah. The 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 only other thing I want to talk about is the uh, early in the film when Quaid first starts to uh, he goes he leaves the recall facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the chase starts happening, it's not Michael Ironside and the glasses guy. Mm-hmm. It's Robert Costanzo and a couple of other goons. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I told you not to go to recall. And you did it anyway. Mm-hmm. What are you, my mother? <laughs> um, and this this fight happens where, like, Quaid discovers he has, like, really uh, excellent fighting skill. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Jason Bourne. Uh-huh. And, like, I remember... I saw this movie in the theater when I was when I was way too young to be seeing it. Really? Yes. Yes. It was a okay. Saturday afternoon and I and I got in and I remember like I'd seen violence in movies before, but when they have that like overhead shot of Quaid like looking around and seeing all the dead guys around him, there's yeah. like pools of blood everywhere. Yeah. He goes back to his apartment, has the encounter with Sharon Stone, mm-hmm. and then like action movie chase sequences usually bore yeah. the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. But the one in the subway on this movie, yeah, and the you know like followed by like the security, uh, tra- like, like like the skeleton, yeah, the X-ray. X-ray thing. That was that had to be. I know that was one of the earliest uses of like good CGI yes. in film. Yes, yeah, but like that chase through the subway and the fight on the escalator. Fight on the escalator. Stuff, yeah, he's using a an innocent bystander as a body shield. Oh my god! And the blood on this guy. <laughs> 
We're talking gallons of blood I everywhere. Know. I know. There's more blood than this guy has like, yes. coming out of him. <laughs> right. Exactly. I know, dude. This guy's nothing and he was just a skin sack. Dude, and okay, my wife had seen this before, but only like the TNT cut. Okay. Like the T cable TV cut. Sure, right. She didn't watch it with me, but I, t- I was like, dude, it's not the same. No, you're no, not, of course not. You're not seeing, you know, the three tit lady. You're not, <laughs> you're not seeing people's eyeballs falling out of their head. True. You're not seeing the human shield with gallons of blood. You're not seeing the real movie. Especially, I'm sure it's a, because the script is so strong. Yeah. And it's a, a very, very well done movie overall. Right. You can cut that stuff out and still keep it. You know, good yeah. and coherent, but man, you're not seeing the real thing, right? Mm-hmm. And and like the the use of just like like you said, all that blood, all all the the the, the however <laughs> all the budget went into the squibs. I uh-huh. mean, like, <laughs> right? I mean, and and after he's done, and after he's used that dude to like you know fend off the attacks of uh-huh. of, co- of all the goons, he, he throws, throws the, the, the meat sack onto <laughs> a, like a bunch of innocent people on the on the escalator <laughs> and runs away. Um, Man, it's really good. And then he bashes out the glass on the moving subway car and uh-huh. dives in. <laughs> I love that because it we're behind him running towards the the train and he bashes it and dives and then it cuts to the, an inside of the subway point of view and he's like flying through the window yes. over the camera. It's fucking awesome, it's man. It's so cool. I know. <laughs> I know. And to think too again that 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 this was modern day Mexico City. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It's so crazy. I mean, I hope they don't, I, they probably don't have that x-ray machine. Yeah, right. But, but still, man, this is really cool stuff. One, one thing I loved on Mars, it, like, there's a, a neon jack-in-the-box sign. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, they got jack-in-the-box on Mars. <laughs> it makes sense. I know, of course it does. Because <laughs> all we do if we ever colonize another planet is just pollute it with the crap we have here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there'd still be Larry King in, in Mars today. Yeah. Uh, you yep. know, yeah. Yeah, Chicken McNuggets everywhere. Of course. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like Space Camp, that one kid wants to make a Space McDonald's. I do you remember Space. Yes, camp? I remember can't Space I Camp. Brought up Space Camp. That was another. What the fuck, dude? Well, <laughs> I, I don't. I can't. I don't know how it segued into that either. But I'm know. glad you did because I remember Space Camp very well. Yeah. And that movie stinks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anything else, Dave? Uh, no, I, I. I think we've covered Total Recall. Okay. Sounds good. So, would you recommend it? How many stars does this get? Yeah, I would recommend it. I'm going to give it three stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that it's a, a really well-crafted, well-made science fiction movie, and mm-hmm. um, it, it makes you want to see more of what Paul Verhoeven is capable of. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would recommend it, too. I'm going to give it four stars, okay. because I adore this movie. Yes. yes. I can, anytime I watch it, I'm just, I, I'm in love. Yeah. I'm having a great time. Me, too. So, I'm giving it four stars, and... I think everyone should watch this, any sci-fi fan, any action fan. Yeah. You have to watch this movie. Right. All right. So that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And if you don't use iTunes, you can find us on any other podcatcher of your choosing. Rate us and review us there, please. Or go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Dudes on Movies. And we have the email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Yep. So now, Dave, question of the week. What is it? This is an easy one, folks. Uh, what's your favorite Arnold one-liner? <laughs> We've been giving you, like, AP questions the last couple times. So, like, let's just throw you a softball. Yeah, here. we're doing an easy movie this week. We'll give you an easy question. Yeah. So, uh, please let us know. <laughs> let Dave know. <laughs> Apparently, he's not a fan of them too right, much. Right, so. right. Um, and next week, man, guess what? The dudes turn two. 
We're two years old, Dave. Two years old. And we're watching Total Recall t- at two years old. Wow. Oh, crazy. Oh, man. And, and so what we're going to do next week for our <laughs> birthday party, we're going to watch 2001's Gladiator, directed by Ridley Scott and starring Russell Crowe. Um, Dave yeah. has beefs with Gladiator, <laughs> and yeah. people keep saying we should do this. Uh-huh. So we're going to do it, finally. Right. It's a right. celebration. Yes. <laughs> Get ready for Gladiator, everyone. All right. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>